You can find today's notes in there. So today's notes is going to be a, a mixture of last week's um, and then also towards the end, it's, it's this week's notes. All right. So so we continue our series crack. So I'm going to do a quick little review on the puzzle, a quick little review. Why is it called crack? Why? Because God is gracious enough to pour out his Holy Spirit over us. People that are imperfect, people that we have cracks in our character, we have issues with our character, and even yet then, he decides to pour out his Holy Spirit. However, just because God decides to pour out his Holy Spirit over us, does not mean that we should still stay in those cracked imperfections and those cracked characters. It's no excuse to say, well, así soy, así nací, así me voy a quedar, así me conociste, así voy a morir. That's no excuse. Anybody who's ever said that is the epitome of immaturity. Why? Because when you come to Jesus, Jesus transforms you. The Holy Spirit produces fruit in you. So in Jesus, there is no such thing of, as así nací, así soy, así me voy a morir. It's impossible because any you cannot come to Jesus and have an encounter and still continue to be the same person. So uh, a couple of things that we went over, we went over Acts chapter 2 at the beginning. In the principio, we see what? The pouring out of the Holy Spirit. However, by the end of chapter 2, there is fellowship. Just as it is important for us to seek the Holy Spirit, it is important for us to also seek unity and seek fellowship with one another. Amen? Because the Bible teaches that. So because we seek the spiritual side of things, that is no excuse to not seek the fellowship side of things. This is part of the reason when I go minister places, I take people with me. Why? Because it's people that need to work on certain things. It's people that are different. And so that's why you have people like Chris and even Daniel and even Johnny and even Adelie were like, this is a random group of people. We don't really talk to each other precisely for that reason. But now it's different. Now you get to see and get to find out that if you give somebody an opportunity, you give somebody a chance, they're as weird as you are. And you're like, oh, man, we can be best friends. Right. So now you have Rudy, who's 13 years old. And you have Taliban, which is Johnny, uh, Adelie's boyfriend, who's what, 23, 24 or something. They're like, they're like best friends. They're like, man, you're my best friend. No, you're my best friend. I'm like, all right, guys, this is getting weird, right? So it is important to seek the spiritual things, but it's also important to seek the practical things. And a few of the things that we talked about was that when the church, uh, the primitive church in Acts was in unity, they were also in prayer. They were in prayer and they were also in unity, but the Bible says they were in one accord. Why is that important? Because you can be in the same church, you can be in the same youth group, but be divided. Just because you're in the same room does not mean that you're in unison. It doesn't mean that you're in unity. Why is unity important? Unity is important for two reasons. We talked about it last week, which by the way, you can get the teaching on Spotify. I, I did some edits to it so that the audio is, is better. It sounds a little weird at moments, but it's better than uh, the phone. It, it just picked up from the phone. So you can listen to it on there. But there's two things that happen when the children of God are united. Number one, they're made perfect. Number two, the world believes in Jesus. And we get this from John chapter 17, verse 23. In them, uh, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me. So how are we made perfect? We're made perfect because iron sharpens iron. We're made perfect by being in relationship with one another. We're made perfect by being in friendship with one another. Why? Because one person has weaknesses, the other person has other strengths. And so we push one another and we form each other. And the Lord uses our relationships and friendships to become greater men and women of God. So then we talked about that. And then also so that the world would see that, um, that God is real, that Jesus was sent by God. 
That's why unity is important it's for those two main reasons. And so then we talked about the purpose of the thief, of the enemy. What is he what does he come to do in John chapter 10? Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. And Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So what did he come destroy? Not just your plans, your desires, and I want to serve Jesus, and I want to be a, an architect, and I want to be a nurse, and I want to be a doctor, and I want to get married. He didn't come just to kill those things. He came to kill relationships, friendships, and the desire to even want to seek God, the desire to even want to go to church, the desire to even want to have a prayer life, a disciplined prayer life. That's what the enemy came to do. That's why the enemy will show you a false fake life where you say, man, you know what? That's what I want. That's what I'm going to go do. Because the Bible says in Proverbs that man thinks that they're walking on the correct path, but the end of the path, the final part of that path is death. That's why you'll have people that will go out in life and say, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. It could take a year. It could take five years, 10 years, 20 years, or even 30 years. And finally, they come back defeated and recognizing that all the decisions they made were wrong. Why? Because everybody thinks that they are wise in their own opinion. That's what Proverbs says. That's why we have scriptures. So what do the thief come to do? To steal, kill, and to destroy. So then uh, we moved on uh, talking about the enemy can only use what is legally his. Now, how does that work? You have to give the enemy access. And I'll start uh, today's teaching on that. You have to give the devil access in order for him to use you or your weaknesses to his advantage today we're watching a movie it's called nefarious if you have not seen it you can find it on amazon prime it's a christian movie but the whole premise of this movie is how the devil works through demons into society and you might have to rewind it every now and again because it is full of information and and this man who's who's uh who's demonized talks about how he goes about life and how he knows all these things but then he says, let me come into you. He's talking to a, a psychologist. He says, give me access to come into you. The guy says, no. He says, come on. He says, if you don't think I'm real, then prove your convictions. He said, let me come into you. So he even has to ask for permission. Why? Because that's the way the devil works. Así trabaja el enemigo. El enemigo no puede entrar a los lugares donde tú no le das acceso. Solamente entra a los lugares donde tú le das acceso. Ahora bien, el próximo miércoles, next Wednesday, we're going to talk about strongholds. But this is a little bit of it. What happens to a person who is weak in their mind, weak in their heart, weak in their emotions, weak in their character? ¿Qué le pasa a una persona que es débil en su mente, en su, en su corazón, en sus emociones, en su carácter? El enemigo lo usa para su beneficio. The enemy uses that to his advantage. And that's why you will have the most imperfect people in church. Because church is not made for perfect people. I read a quote one time and it said, church is not a museum full of saints. It's a hospital for the broken people. And that's why you will see a lot of broken people within the church. However, the problem is not to, the issue is not to be okay because you're broken. The issue is that so many people say, well, I'm just broken. And that's where you stay. Jesus did not die on the cross so that you can maintain broken. Jesus died on the cross so that that brokenness would become whole and be healed in him. And so that is the problem that we see all across the church in the United States as well. There's an excuse. Well, I'm imperfect. Well, I'm a sinner. We sin every single day. And we're, and so we, we, we cling to these imperfections. And that's why the devil has a foothold and has access into our lives, into your life, into your family's life. Why? Because for some reason, we thought that it is okay to be broken. For some reason, we thought that it is okay to be sinful, and it is not. 
and we cling on the grace of God and like, well, we have grace, we have forgiveness, and that's why I'm still very contentious. Y por eso soy muy contencioso porque hay gracia y hay perdón. Por eso soy chismoso porque hay gracia y hay perdón. Por eso it's no excuse. It is no excuse. And so when we talk about how the enemy comes to destroy, when we talk about what the enemy uses, the enemy will use your mind, the enemy will use your emotions, the enemy will use your free time, the enemy will use your thoughts. Va a usar tu, tu, tus emociones, tu mente va a usar todo lo que tú no tienes bajo control. Por eso la Biblia dice que no tenemos espíritu de temor, sino espíritu de poder, de dominio propio, of self-control. It's a spirit, self-control. You know why? Because us humans, we're weak. Somos, somos débiles. We're weak. And there's things that we just, man, I can't do this. I just, I can't do it. But you can through the Spirit of God. You can through the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit has poured out over us. Why? Because He's given us a spirit of self-control. And that's why I refuse to believe people. I was talking to a guy. Estaba hablando con un hombre en el gimnasio. I was talking to a guy at the gym. He's like, man, it's so good to see you. And I was like, yeah, man, it's great to see you too. You still out there preaching the good word? I don't know why I hate when people say the good word. It's, you're just preaching the gospel. Are you still preaching the good word? Yeah, I am. Oh, that's great. I'm doing missions. I said, oh, that's great. And then he said, you know, um, I, I, I'm connected to these, uh, you know, AA, uh, uh, what are they called? Organizations, uh, Alcohólicos Anonymous. Entonces me dice, yo estoy conectado con muchos de ellos. Digo, oh, okay, qué bien. Y yo voy y les predico. And he goes, and I go and I preach to them. I say, oh, man, that's great. Then he says this, and después he says so. Because, you know, I'm an alcoholic. Porque me dice, yo voy y les predico a todas estas organizaciones de Alcohólicos Anonymous. Porque tú sabes, yo soy un alcohólico. And so, in my mind, why did Jesus even die on the cross so that you could go preach to these people while still being an alcoholic Jesus died on the cross so he could you could break those chains he can break those chains so that's why I refuse to believe people that say well you know I'm a Christian I preach I sing I lead worship but I'm still an alcoholic I saw a, a shirt one time that said I'm a Christian I'm a born-again believer but I cuss a little I love Jesus but I cuss a little it's impossible you're either one or you're the other the Bible says that you can't have Sweet water and salt water come from the same fountain. No puedes tener agua dulce y agua amarga que salga de la misma fuente. O eres de Cristo o no eres de Cristo. O eres de Dios o no eres de Dios. Eres el uno o eres el otro. And so then you'll have a lot of people that say, I'm just in the process. We're all in the process. All of us. Todos estamos en un proceso. Pero no es excusa para mantenerte en ese proceso. Amen? So... How does the enemy attack? He uses your mind. He uses all kinds of things. And next week we're going to talk about those strongholds in our minds. So we're going to skip uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. But ways that the enemy seeks to destroy. Hay maneras, hay dos maneras que quiero hablar hoy. Como el enemigo busca para destruir. Número uno. Number one, turn against each other. Okay, how would you say that in Spanish? Dale la espalda a alguien, I guess. Turn against each other. Turn against each other. This is what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So how does the enemy seek to destroy? He seeks to destroy people, not only people, but churches, not only churches, but even youth groups, and more so youth groups that are full of the spirit like you guys. He seeks to destroy that. How? He's going to try to turn you against each other. And so you can be sure anybody 
who turns you against somebody or anybody who turns me or tries to turn me against somebody is not being used by God. Why? Because God seeks and wants unity for his people. The devil wants the opposite. You ever met somebody that's like, oh yeah, you shouldn't talk to them. Why? Well, you know, they're this and this and this and, and they did this to me like you know, years ago. So they like the same guy that I liked or they like the same girl that I liked. And then, and they give you this whole like drama thing. It's like, you should write a, a novella because it sounds amazing. You, you would get rich, right? And so they'll turn people. And then when there's new people that come, it's like, oh, I got to warn them against, against each of these people. I got to tell them about, hey, you got to be careful with that group of people. Hey, you got to be careful with that group of people. Those musicos, you got to be careful with those musicos because, you know, the musicos, man, they're known for this and this and this. And it's not your job to be the Holy Spirit. It's your job to seek the Holy Spirit. It's your job to seek God and to walk in the life of the Spirit. And so anybody... Anyone, any organization, any church, any pastor, anybody that seeks to turn you against brothers and sisters in Christ, you can, I can guarantee you they're not being used by God. Now, this is not to be confused with wisdom. Obviously, if there's somebody, you know, let's say some, let's say Kevin is known for like, hey, man, can I borrow money? I'll, get, I'll pay you back on the first. I'm like, all right. He owes everybody here. Obviously, that's not that's not you turning me against him. That's using wisdom. Hey, man, has he asked you for money yet? No. Okay, well, he will, but he's not going to pay you back because he owes all of us money here, right? So it's not to be confused with wisdom. Turning against each other. Does anybody want some pizza? Who does? Want some pizza? Mario, you want some pizza? Boy, boy, Mario looks like he wants some pizza. Come on, Mario. All right. I brought some pizza, and so uh, it's good. It's good. Trust me, it's good. Get you a slice. Yeah, get you. Ah, oh, no. Get you a slice. All right. Come on. Yeah, you got this. You got this. I am a rock. Oh. It's good. It's good. No, it's good. It's good. Trust me, it's good. It's, it's good, right? It's good. Yeah. Mario's a good. Yeah. All right. It's not good. Anybody else want a slice of pizza? Anybody else want a slice of pizza? Anybody else want a slice? Look, all right. You can eat it. All right. Everybody look over here. Look over here. Okay, look. Y'all see this pizza? You see this pizza? Anybody want a slice? Oh, I wish. No, nobody wants it. Okay. Look, I'm going to explain to you exactly what happened. This is, ex well, that was loud. This is exactly what happens in friendships and relationships. This is exactly what happens. When I said, does anybody want pizza? Well, you think three were the first ones. You know, and then, yo le vino sojos a los demás. You guys were like, with a bone. Because, you know, oh man, it's pizza. But then somebody came to take a bite of the pizza. And because of his reactions and what he had to say, when I asked again, does anybody want pizza? Nobody raised their hand. Then when I showed you the pizza, nobody raised their hand. Everybody was like, no, it doesn't look appetizing. Why? Because we do the same thing with relationships. We do the same thing with people. We do the same thing with friendships. Because somebody had something to say about her, about her, about him, about... I forgot your name again. Jesus, right? He's visiting us today. Round of applause, man. You may Somebody had something to say about somebody else. Therefore, 
Now we go off of what that person had to say. Oh, dude, did you know Josue? He's not really, he doesn't really need to use glasses. He just thinks he looks cuter with glasses. So he wears them. Like, oh man, such a vanity, man. Just vanidade, vanidade. It's that guy, he's all about himself. I know, you see when he plays bass, yeah. Yeah, he raises his hands because he wants the cameras, he wants to look good on the cameras and stuff. And so he's all about himself. And so then, guess what? And that person starts to say the same thing, and that person starts the same thing, and then that person, that person. Before you know it, everybody has this common misconception about Josue. Why? Because of one person's experience. Now, what, what happens? This is what happens. Everybody went off of Mario's reaction. But you want to know something? This belly got it. She's like, it looks like there's color dye in there. It's good pizza. I just, Sergio just bought it like 30 minutes before service. And uh, I just put some green dye on it, and it looked nasty. I offered a couple of people before, and they were like, bro, that looks nasty. I'm like, I know. It's that chop, but they're like, oh, okay. But what happened? This is exactly how the enemy works. This is exactly how the devil works. You believe because somebody else said something. And I want to teach you one thing, and it's going to help you avoid so many headaches. It's going to help you avoid so many negative emotions in your life. You take people's word, but you always take it with a grain of salt. Why? Because this is what Proverbs says. Proverbs says, the first person that comes to tell you a story is always right until the second person comes and tells you the other side of the story. In other words, there's two versions to every situation. And we are so full of pride and so narcissistic, bless you, that we will try to be truthful and honest in telling a situation, but still leaning towards our side. Watch. I know I kind of did something wrong. You know, like I know I had a fault in it, but, and then you go on with her, and that's our justification of saying, yo también tuve la culpa, pero... Ellos esto, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this. So we will blame everybody else. And the Bible says, this is what the Bible says, that our, that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So whether, so instead of getting mad at people and be like, I don't like him because of his haircut, I don't like her because of her makeup, I don't like him because of whatever it is, or they said, she said, he said, she said, we're not in high school anymore. Well, some of you guys are still in high school. You're not going to be in high school forever. But you want to know something? The most uh, unattractive thing is to know people that are, I'm 34, that are 34 years old and still on Facebook write stuff like, I'm tired of this drama and I told her she better, you know, whatever. No, we're going to throw hands. I'm like, but you're 34 years old with five kids. You're not going to do nothing. You know, please go to sleep before you miss your alarm and you get fired from your 10th job, right? So there's nothing more unattractive than that. So you have to understand that our battle is not against each other. It's against the spirits that operate through people because people have accepted that they have cracks in their character and they will not do anything to fix it. So then that's where the enemy grabs a hold. And then the enemy starts to use you for his benefit. Number two, how does the enemy attack? How does the enemy seek to destroy emotions? Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. What does this mean? It means you have no protection. People who are driven by their emotions are people who are inconsistent. 
And the Bible says that a double-minded person is inconsistent in all of their ways. All of their ways. The Bible tells me that God has given us a spirit of self-control. So emotions do not govern you. You should govern emotions. The Holy Spirit in you should be powerful enough to govern your emotions. How can you say, this is how inconsistent people are. How can you say that God is all powerful? The Holy Spirit has all power. However, when it comes to reactions, when it comes to emotions, all of a sudden it's like the Holy Spirit has no power. Then your gospel is inconsistent. And why should anybody believe your God? Why should anybody believe what you have to say? So emotions is how the enemy will seek to attack. Now, are there people that are weaker emotionally and others that are stronger? Absolutely. That does not mean that one's inferior than the other. Because the one that has is very emotional could be very good at something else that the person who's very good at handling their emotions is terrible at. We're all made differently. And this is why the Bible says to seek unity. Why? Because we're made perfect. Because what I struggle with, maybe Gina doesn't struggle with. And guess what? That's why the Bible says two is better than one. Why? Because where I may trip and fall, she'll be there to pick me up. Chris may be there to pick me up. Come on, Chris. Somebody say amen. amen. So the first way that he seeks is what? Turn against each other. The second way is emotions. And I want to get into the next uh, teaching because uh, my time is up. But very quickly, it is important to be aware of the cracks in our character. It's very important. And I'm going to finish off with this. Character is very important. Why? Because in terms of worship, and I always talk about the worship team and media people because that's a talent, right? You may have talent to do something else, talent to bake or whatever it is. But a talent will only get you so far, but your character will keep you there. I've met people that are so talented, very good at what they do, very good. However, I've had to talk to them, say, hey, man, sorry, young lady, <laughs> young lady. I never say that. But hey, man, guys or girls, you're going to have to take a break. Why? Because their character is what keeps them from advancing. You can have all the talent in, your, in the world, but your character is the one thing that's going to keep you there. Oh, man, I was doing so good until what? Until you got a boyfriend. I was doing so good until what? Until you got a girlfriend. I was doing so good until I got that job. I was doing so good until, man, the enemy's just testing me. No, the enemy's not testing you. You have lack of discipline. You have lack of character. And now everything else that got your talent that took you to a certain place, now your character is what's keeping you from advancing. So it is important that us as Christians understand and are aware of our faults, aware of our cracks in our character if we're going to be great men and women of God if we're going to sustain this fire of the Holy Spirit if we're going to advance now check this out you know how I said that your talent can get you somewhere but only your character can keep you there we've advanced so far because of the Holy Spirit we've grown so much because of the mercy of God and the Holy Spirit pouring out over us now what is the one thing that's going to keep that flame burning you want to know what it is it's character because God is a merciful God. However, again, like I said at the beginning, that is no excuse for us to continue and maintain in our lack of character. So if we want the Holy Spirit to keep burning, to keep that fire, to keep alive in us, it's character. Character is what's going to wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning. 
when you said you were going to do it. Character is what's going to keep you praying at nine o'clock at night because you said you were going to do that. Character is what's going to get you to church because you said you would be there. And I remember being younger. We had a pastor that, that he would say this. Siempre decía lo mismo. Decía, hermanos, el domingo vamos a estar aquí a las diez de la mañana. Si llueve, truene, relampague, caiga nieve, sea lo que sea, venga Cristo aquí vamos a estar. I was like, Ugh. venga Cristo, yo no voy a estar. Usted sí, pero yo no. But he would, be, he would always say that. Llueve, truene, relampaguea, sea lo que sea, los frijoles, que no sé qué, aquí vamos a estar. But then, all of a sudden, his wife would get cold. So he wouldn't come. And then I would start noticing, that's a little inconsistent. Because you're there when things are okay, but you're not there when things are not okay. What God have you believed in? Because if God is true, and if God is all-powerful, then the power of God is for every day. It's not just for when I feel like it. It's not, do you think I felt like coming today? I'm going to be honest with you. I did not. I took a nap. I woke up. It was like 5.15. I was like, I got to be in church in 45 minutes. I was like, I got to finish my notes. I really want to rest. I got back from Brazil. Then I started preparing that week to go uh, minister. Then I came back and I feel like I'm just now resting. I didn't want to be here. I, I didn't want to come. I guarantee you, Kevin and Josue didn't want to be here. Then you, what time did you guys land? Like three o'clock. And then and from Hawaii, from being on the plane, how many hours? 13, 13 hours. Nobody. Nine hours. Okay. Nine hours. That's a big difference, man. I hope, I hope you're taking some math tutoring classes. So do we go based on how we feel? Absolutely not. I'll give you guys some testimonies. I got testimonies for days of people that I've talked to him like, are you going to let that keep you from worshiping the Lord? And uh, we're going to do two things in this story. Um, two years ago, we had a, a service, the Liberacion with Elias Anacondia and Ezekiel. He was coming. And so all of a sudden, people started calling me. I can't go. Why? I got a cold. And I was like, okay, I can't go. Mario called. He's like, I'm sick. Rebecca was like, I can't go. My dog escaped or whatever. And nobody can find it. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, you know, me not having a dog. I'd be like, but, you know, people that have dogs are like, oh, my gosh, it's like my child, you know. So I was like, OK, I, I can't relate, but I understand. Right. And then everybody started calling. Yadito was like sick and everybody was like, finally, I called everybody back. I was like, are you really going to let the devil beat you in this? You said you were going to be here and we've been praying. We've been fasting. And I told Rebecca, I said, let God find your dog. I said, have faith. I know it sounds like the stupidest thing. You're like, bro, you got to use wisdom, you know, but the power of God is for every single day. So guess what? Amen. And so that's why then everybody came and everybody ministered and it was a blessed service. And then guess what? Her dog was found like the next day. He just came back or something or somebody found him. I can't remember. No, it was by the end of the service. We even prayed like, Lord, you go out and find that dog because you know where he's at and we don't. In Jesus name. Amen. So we came here. We focused. We did what we had to do. And God did the rest. Why? Because when you do the possible, God is going to do the impossible. You focus on that. You do what you can do. And then God's going to do the rest. Okay, so I want to close off with this. Everybody take out your phones. Next week, we're going to pick up on this. But it is important that everybody is aware of your character, of your cracks, of your faults, of all those things. Why is it important? Because now you're going to understand after we do this little exercise that you're going to take it home and read it over and all that good stuff. You're going to understand that a lot of negative things that happen in your life, it's not always somebody else's life. It's somebody else's fault. For some reason, I guess because we're so narcissistic as human beings, 
We believe that everything bad in our lives, it's because of somebody else. Well, if they would have just done this. Well, if that person would have done this. Well, if she would have just still been in my life. Well, if he wouldn't have left. Well, if, if they would have been a little bit nicer. And we blame everybody else for our own problems. Why? Because we're not aware of all the cracks and faults in our characters.